Dybala! He is something else. Di Lorenzo, and still Di Lorenzo! The captain brings the house down. Pantelopea champions once again, but the 33-year wait will now officially come to an end. Ciao ragazzi and welcome to another edition of Serie A Sit Down, World Football Index's podcast for your Calcio to go. I'm Frank Cravello, he's Richard Carmen. Ciao Richard. Ciao Frank, how are we doing? Man, so much Calcio to get into, it's going to be a ridiculous podcast here. Yeah, we're going to get a little different with the format with how we do things here today just because we're kind of in the middle of a double match week uh, between the last one. And thank you all for hanging in there and, and, and joining us tonight. Uh, you know, life interrupts uh, podcasting, I guess. So, uh, and we each had uh, last minute uh, scheduling conflicts so that we had to move it to a Wednesday night this week. Uh, we have, we've done a Wednesday night before, so. We have, we have. It, it shouldn't be too much of an issue. So how are you? Uh, doing well, doing well. Yeah, I, I don't think it should be any issue because uh, Napoli's having all the issues at the moment, but we'll get into that later. I'm doing well, man. It's a crazy weekend and we had a tropical storm over here in the East Coast. Uh, many of our listeners will probably be aware of. So kind of derailed some of our, our birthday plans this weekend, but uh, overall good. And uh, when there's lots of couch going on. It's always good, right? Yes, it is. Uh, we're on a little bit of a calcio, over- calcio overload. Yeah, I'm doing fine. Um, I tell you what, uh, it, when you go out at night and that sort of thing, uh, it you know the older you get, the longer it takes to recover. I had my high school class reunion on Saturday night, and um, what's going most, on at night? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> most most nights, I mean, well, just about all nights during the week, I'm in bed and dead to the world probably by about ten o'clock. That's just kind Same. of how old gotten and that, that kind of thing. So when you go to something and you're out past midnight. It hits different, and oh, that yeah. day is brutal, and that's kind of what that's kind of what it was, and uh, you know. So, and I don't remember it ever being that way. So, uh, <laughs> but but be that as it may, uh, I had had a good time with that, and uh, you know, kids are all uh, kids are playing a lot of soccer too on top of it. Uh, so it's uh, yeah, lot uh, very busy time for our family this time of year. So, um, no, Michael, thirty years, thirty year reunion. Uh, programming note for those watching on YouTube, uh, check back later, check the description. We'll have timestamps for where different segments that we're talking about. So if you're watching along, you can skip, skip ahead or whatever, but, uh, Frank, the, uh, the giant killers of Sassuolo are back in our lives. The fun, bad team that we, we enjoy certainly showed up this weekend for sure. How about that? Yeah. How How about about that? that? They've, they've won three of their last four and you know, after opening with two defeats, um, and, uh, it's uh, and then four games. All eleven of their goals they've scored so far this season have come in these last four games. So, yeah, uh, yeah it makes a huge difference when uh, uh, Domenico Berardi is back in the fold there. And you can only imagine. I mean, just what would they have? All what would have been if they didn't crap themselves in the second half against Frosinone? Uh, they'd be sitting there on twelve points uh, and 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 right in there in the top four, top you know top six. You know, instead of sitting eighth, so you know that's just the margins we're we're at right now, this early in the season. Absolutely, and Napoli are in in Juventus mode at the moment with lots of things going on, swirling with them. We'll get to yeah. we'll talk about Napoli, but one thing I do want to lead off with is we talked about this last season when Juventus were in their in the midst of all their scandals and the the 
not the point shaving necessarily, but the uh, changing of the salaries and, and transferring players here and there. And we said Juventus weren't the only team. Look out for Napoli. Something's going to come back around that we thought maybe it would happen in the summertime, but it seems like now is the time. ADL and Napoli are being investigated for their transaction, uh, bringing Osiman to Napoli and some of the players they lost out. The valuation was a little suspect there, so now they're under investigation. So we'll see what comes from that. I I think there's some substance there. I don't know. I don't know if it's as bad as what Juventus had, but keep an eye out for this there with it with ADL and and Juventus here. We'll see what what, what comes from this, but uh, that's that was just the the tipping point for Napoli, which like I said, we'll get into the rest of it later. But what are your thoughts on those? You know, the investigation with ADL. Are you surprised by by these uh, allegations and the investigation? I should say. Uh. You know, I think we're just we're kind of tapping into it right now. Yeah. Um, we don't know everything. Yeah. Um, and and to be fair, before the Juventus player, before the Juventus fans come out and just jump down our throats and say, "Well, you, you didn't say you didn't say about us. You wanted us to just burn at the stake from the second year you accused us of." No, we let that play out too. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, you know, more's got to come. I'm not, I'm not one of these. I don't like to. I don't. I don't like to find somebody guilty. Um, you know, or, or, or any of this other stuff. And that's kind of where I'm sitting with it right now. I mean, yeah. Um, I think we just, I think more needs to be unpacked with this person. Yeah. That's where I'm sitting on it. Yeah. And, and from what I remember digging into it last year, when, when all this broke through and all the teams are involved, I think there is something there, but I like to see, like you, I want to see more, read more about this. Uh, but it does seem like some of the players that went the other way to Lille, the valuations uh, were a little, little, little crazy there. So we'll see what comes from it. Uh, like I said, more information, and then we can ram it down your throats, right? But yep. uh, lots of couch to talk to first. Uh, so, man, two match days to talk about, huh? Yeah, we're going to whip right through it. We're going to go through match day five, and then we're going to go through uh, part of what, uh, you know, the, the, the part of match week six that have already happened. So let's just not waste any time. Uh, as far as match week five, we had Salernitana one, Frozenoni one. Lecce continued to be tough at home. They win 1-0 over Genoa. Uh, Genoa had a sending off in that game. Uh, moving on to the uh, Saturday matches, uh, Milan changed the formation, uh, changed a few players, but still beat Hellas Verona 1-0. Uh, Sassuolo, we, saw, we talked about him. Giant killers, 4-2 winners over Juventus. Lazio only managing a 1-1 draw with Monza. Uh, and then getting into Sunday, we had Empoli and Inter, Inter winning that 1-0. Atalanta playing host of Cagliari winning 2-0. Fiorentina 2-0 at Udinese. Uh, a 0-0 draw between Bologna and Napoli, and lots to talk about with that, <laughs> uh, which led to some of the uh, – uh, Napoli has kind of become the new telenovela uh, of Serie A all of a sudden. <laughs> um, although after today, that might be a little bit short-lived. And then yeah. Torino and Roma playing to a 1-1 draw there. Uh, today's action, or excuse me, Tuesday's action, uh, just one game kicking off match week six was Juventus, one Lecce nil, and then today we had six games, uh, Milan winning at Cagliari 3-1, Empoli winning 1-0 against Lenitana, Verona losing at home to Atalanta 1-0, Sassuolo, man, double giant killing, match week five, match week six, this time they go to enter and win 2-1, Lazio 2-0 win over Torino, and then Napoli thumping Udinese 4-1, leaving us with Thursday's action with Frosinone hosting Fiorentina, Monza hosting Bologna, and Genoa hosting Roma. Uh, So let's start at the top uh, with 
a uh, inter team that okay they come off a uh, you know a huge derby win they they come off of blasting Fiorentina they come off of a huge derby win over Milan um, they have to now all of a sudden they travel to Benfica they got out a one one draw um, a result that might have potentially flattered them if anybody watched the game um, so they go what's that Real Sociedad. Oh, I'm sorry. It was Real, Real Sociedad. Excuse yeah, yeah. me. Um, yeah, thank you. Uh, <laughs> they, they've got Benfica in their group, and and yeah, it's, Benfica shit the bed in their game. Yeah. Um, against uh, Salzburg. Um, so they regroup and have to travel to an Empoli team that rehires Andrea Zoli as their manager and deals with resistance from them, except for a, a wonder goal from Fede Di Marco. Uh, and then today, a shock defeat at home against Sassuolo. But isn't that shocking? Sassuolo's been kind of a bogey team for Inter historically. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, now we're getting into that period of having to play every three days. The depth is tested. The, uh, the physical ability uh, of the players are tested. Do you, I mean... These aren't the most flattering. They're certainly the loss to Sassuolo, but only winning 1-0 at Empoli after you've proven you thumped Fiorentina and Milan, and you won your first two games against teams like Cagliari without breaking a sweat. Now we're getting into this. Now we're getting into an every three-day cycle of, of games. Are we seeing some cracks here with Inter that potentially they may not be equipped for this kind of workload? No one is perfect, right? Right. Um, it should have been a th- the title of our, our podcast tonight, but... What we're seeing is, I think, is just they're 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 human. They're not unbeatable. Yeah. No one, no, 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 no. Many, many of us thought they weren't unbeatable. Maybe some Interisi thought otherwise. But yeah, they had a huge win in the derby, uh, uh, an annihilation of Milan, and then a natural letdown against Sociedad, where they looked like they might have lost that game, and if not for you know, a great equalizer late into the game with Mkhitaryan, I think it was who got the the, the game tying goal in that game, and so they they staved off. Uh, embarrassment in that game, and then they go against Empoli. Empoli is difficult because, as you mentioned, they got rid of Zanetti, uh, first manager to be sacked this year, bring back Andrea Zoli. It's a natural bump. You always get that natural high when you get that new manager. Most teams feel that bump when they get it, and so you, you knew Empoli were going to play difficult. Uh, they have been very wide open at the back, giving up tons of goals and not scoring any on the other end, so you figure that Empoli would show up to, to impress their, their new old manager, and they did. And I thought it was a good good stingy performance against them. Inter missed a lot of opportunities in that game, and they escaped with a, a narrow 1-0 victory. And so you're thinking, okay, well, uh, okay, nothing, nothing's too terrible there. But then they go to the, their bogey team, which is for both Milanese clubs, this is the bogey team, which is Sassuolo, and they get the, they get the early goal. Well, they get the goal, the, the game, you know, it's a tight game, but Sassuolo is playing them very difficult. What we've seen from Sassuolo, and we'll get to them when we talk about them, is that these last couple of games, ever since Barardi came back, this offense has looked very stylish, very um, opportunistic, very aggressive, and they're taking advantage of their opponents, strong or not. And we saw this in this game where they took advantage of the, the opportunities that they had played very tough defensively, which is what we didn't think they had because they're a fun, bad team. They give up a lot of goals. They score a lot of goals. But in, the, in this game, they they played sound defensively, made Inter struggle, forced Sommer to make some saves in this game that, you know, he maybe you know, Inter weren't expecting. They thought they were maybe going to have line share of this possession. But Sassuolo made it difficult for them. And then 
Berardi with a wonder goal at the end of the game to give him the winner. Um, this was a uh, great performance by Sassuolo, but Inter, it's it's a recipe for other teams in the leagues to say, look, Inter can be had. They're not invincible. You play similar to what Sassuolo, and granted, they're the bogey team. If you play similar to the way they did and you take your chances offensively, you have it. Sassuolo did what Milan could not do in the derby. Uh, they 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 schemed this game very well. Granted, when you play a team on short rests, uh, it's going to be difficult for Inter. Can't seem to get these short games, these three games, these English weeks. Uh, they don't do them very well in, in, in the last several years. Certainly in under Conte's, uh, Conte's tutelage, but even under Inzaghi, they seem to not do as well in these back-to-back games within a week. And so what we saw, a great performance by Sassuolo and Inter... There's a chink in the armor, as you said. They're not invincible. And so this is a recipe that some teams can can apply, not all. And so you will see the the good games that the top teams will look at this, what they did, and and try to apply this against Inter. Obviously, Milan failed miserably, but, you know. I mean, Sassuolo were brilliant. They they allowed Inter to have the ball, uh, and they, they hit them on the counter, and they created a lot of dangerous chances as a result. So, um you know, a game that's somewhat set up perfectly for Sassuolo. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. I saw Nima on Twitter, uh, you know, and I'm kind of paraphrasing what he's saying. Right. His feeling is that Inter, they, they get that goal before halftime to go 1-0 up on Sassuolo and that they played, yeah. seemed to almost play like with an arrogance in the second half as if they, they're going to win, that, that, they, that the game was already won. Did you see that in them? not as much i mean i i'm not gonna have obviously as strong um opinions as interisi will i did i mean inter didn't i don't think they took the the danger that was the bogey team of sassuolo especially what they did to juventus a couple days ago they didn't take that they took that very lightly and what they felt like when they scored that goal all is right they're gonna see this one out summer doesn't give up any goals but again they Sassuolo did this. They, they set up this game perfectly. Hit him with the counterattacks, wave after wave. I mean, freaking the double threat of Loriente on the left and Barardi on the right is just a fantastic combination this year. And they're really the last couple of games. Obviously, it's a small sample, but they were they played so amazing, and they just hit him. They were deadly, and they took advantage of them, and and you know got two two goals at the in the second half and and won the game. And so, yeah, maybe it's I don't know if they play with arrogance, but they certainly took them lighter, lighter than they should have. It's Whenever you play Sassuolo, especially for Inter and Milan, they should say, this is a top-notch game. We have to go full force. Do not take this lightly. It doesn't matter what the records are. Sassuolo always plays these two teams difficult, and it showed in this game with the result and Inter getting their first loss of the season. Yep, for sure. Um, is there concerns with Inter's depth? Um, you know, because they've obviously, you look at these last three games, the so if you throw in the Sociedad game, you know, they start Aslani against Sociedad, and that turned out to be a big mistake. So Chalinolu started the Empoli and Sassuolo games. Lautaro and, and Arnautovic started for the Sociedad game, but Taram started for the Empoli and Sassuolo. So there's good. There's some rotations going on here. Did Arnautovic uh, get injured too? Or am I re- remembering that wrong? That's possible. Um, I'd have to go back. I'd have to go back and double check and look. Um Augusto started in the Champions League and 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 DiMarco didn't. Is it a matter of maybe misplacing his rotation? You know, if we're if we're if we're trying to be super critical of Inter here, you've got to rotate your players. Um, you know, and you've got to you gotta keep the squad fresh. There's there's no doubt about it. But is there a you know 
is Inzaghi misfiring with the way he's going about his rotations? I don't think so. I think you need to rotate your players, especially if you're going to be. In well, I guess let me rephrase. Right? I mean, yeah. okay, you come off the derby win, and now you're going to play August- Carlos Augusto at Real Sociedad in your first Champions League game, um, yeah. rather than continue to roll with Demarco and then maybe make Augusto your starter in the Empoli game. Now hindsight's twenty twenty. Sure, um, sure. It obviously was a good idea that Demarco uh, Demarco played in the uh, <laughs> game because he scored yeah. one of the best goals of the, of the week and yeah. also you know arguably one of the best goals of the season. So. Um, uh, Nima said that Inter would have three easy wins. Well, I didn't hear him say that, so um, I'm sure he did. If I'm not not saying you're wrong, you know, but um, you jinx them, right? <laughs> you know, should the priority, you know, okay, Real Sociedad's probably a little bit more important than Empoli. That Demarco should continue to be playing. You know, did he pick the wrong spots? Uh, you know, to rest guys um, because we can sit here and talk about the hypotheticals and all that. We don't like to do that, but I'm I'm looking at this and saying, you know, um, maybe this is a vice with Inzaghi when he has to rotate and he, you know, he maybe overthinks it and, you know, going with DiMarco against Sociedad might've produced a win there where Augusto, there's not too much of a departure when you have to play Empoli. Yeah, I, I think hindsight is twenty twenty, right? But certainly, I think when you compare the two teams, Sociedad and Empoli, and granted, yes, we know that there was a short window between the derby and then uh, the Champions League fixture. So I get the rotation, but I think I'm with you. You start your big dogs in the Champions League game because that's where you, it's a it's a difficult group, and you want to set the tone. And so you play with your big dogs, your 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 main starting lineup, get the result, and then you can rest your players. For what ten days or whatever it is between you know between the uh, the Empoli game and then Sassuolo game whatever however many days that is and so that's what I would have done but again it's hindsight twenty twenty I can see why he did what he did you know the long and short of it is and we saw this when Milan after they won the Scudetto their rotation had to be tested and we'll see that with Napoli this year as well sometimes you all your players have to show up it doesn't matter who you are you're gonna have to get wins no matter who's out there if you want to you know win the Scudetto. You're, especially as if you want to re- retain it, um, teams like Napoli and, and then to our point, uh, Inter, they're going to have to play no matter what. If you want to win, you have to play. Doesn't everyone has to step up? And so that can't be the excuse saying, "Oh, well, we didn't have our starters in this game." It's like, no, you need to win. You should have been Napoli. You did, and then you should have been prepared for Sassuolo, which they were not. And so uh, that's the only thing is they could try to find ways to do better in the future and try to look two, three games out and maybe try to figure out the rotation that way. But you're going to have to play everybody to, to be successful in this league, especially with all the, the competitions that they're they're in at the moment. And they think they can win all three. Uh, so, yeah, it's going to be difficult. Uh, but, I again, everyone's got to step up and show up. And 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 there's no excuse for losing to Sassuolo. Oh, there is. They're good. Sassuolo are, are good. And they're a bogey team. So they should have been better prepared, I think. Yeah, I also think that with Sassuolo, with what they've got and with what they can offer going forward, they're going to give everybody a hard time in this league this season. So, you know, I mean, as I think as we evolve and if these guys can stay healthy, Berardi, Loriente, and and uh, and and boy, Matias Henrique was kind of, is is a guy that's starting to step up a little bit as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pino Monti's finding a way to score goals there. Um, you know, they're they're equipped to give everybody a hard time if they can stay healthy. Um, they're going to they're, they're going to do this to a lot of lot of good teams uh, as the season goes on. Um, so, you know, let's talk about where I think rotations were, for the most part, incredibly correct. Milan, 
Um, Should have gotten all three points against Newcastle in the Champions League, and now you come to Verona where you make a lot of adjustments and you you do some rotation, you rest Teo, you rest some players, um, and you come out with a 3-4-3, and you you shouldn't be surprised when Maignan's not in there and it's sports yellow that Pioli's willing to go with three at the back to try to get a little more protection for the goalkeeper because the yeah. the shot stopping isn't there versus where it is when you have Maignan. Yeah. So um so rotating to play three four three and sneaking out a one no win over Hellas Verona, but then going to Cagliari and again fully rotating, no layout in the starting lineup, no Giroud in the starting lineup. Um, you know, oddly getting his first game in the Regista role uh with Krunic About out. time. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, having to make some adjustments, you know, positionally there, uh, and being able to pretty much pretty, rather comfortably beat Calgary three, one, um, you know, I, I thought this was a, a good week and a great bounce back week for Milan after that Derby. Yeah, uh, we talked about this last week where Milan were buoyed by their performance against Newcastle. They should have won that game. They dominated that game and only came out with a 0-0 scoreline. Hellas is going to be the team. The team that Milan saw, the team that everybody's going to see this year. Hellas is going to play stingy defense this year and try to win one nothing in their games. Um, Milan did well against them. and we saw, We're going to talk about Atalanta later who played Hellas as well and a similar, similar results. Milan got the got got their substitutions right, the rotation right, in, in both games. I think they got the result they needed. What they took advantage of with with Hellas, as, as stingy as Hellas are, they're vulnerable in the first ten minutes of the game. And Milan took advantage of it. Leao with a nice pass from from Giroud got the goal, opening goal there. Uh, and then that's really all they would need. And they put a lot of pressure against Hellas. Sportiello came up big when he had to. And I think you're right. The the necessity to go to the three at the back was needed because the defense had been leaky. As, as good as they were offensively, defensively, teams were finding ways. I mean, just look at the Derby, right? The Derby, five goals. What, what more can you say? So they had – Pioli had to do something and had to clog the midfield, put three in the back, and to try to help out Sportiello, especially since Pagnon's not there. you got to have, have somebody to, to help out Sportiello. And so we saw nice, nice, comfortable one nothing victory there. Go to Cagliari, got to see the more rotation. I finally got to see Adley start. It was about time. I mean, at this rate, we're going to see Musa start in 2027. Uh, so, uh, but Adley looked Adley looked good. Got to see Okafor start uh, with Pulisic and uh, Chukweze, and you know they look decent. Uh, Robloff's cheek had a nice goal from distance. Um, yeah, it was a comfortable win. Uh, Lavumbu, who's going to score against everybody, he seems like a uh, a legit talent. You know, let's see what he does at Cali next year. I don't expect him to stay there long. And maybe go after six months. Who knows? But uh, he got a wonderful goal to begin the game. But yeah, fairly comfortable for Milan. And so I think they got it. They got it. They got a job done right. Two teams in the past where they would have struggled, certainly at the end of last year, right? And and either got draws or losses in these games, found ways to squeak out victories when they had to. And now they're looking at their their co top of the table just you know based on goal differential against uh, Inter or head to head. So uh, yeah, good performances from Milan. I think for the two games. Uh, and how'd you feel about, uh, oddly? Um, I thought solid. Um, I'll yeah. say that, uh, Martino and I got into it because he thought oddly was the best player on the pitch for Milan by far in the first half. I thought it was Teo Hernandez. Um, but you know, it, it's all, it's all, it's all subjective. I, I sound like that. I thought oddly was terrible. I thought oddly was good. Um, but I thought that, um, 
I thought that uh, Teo was better. But anyway, oddly. Um, a horrible mistake that led to the Cagliari goal. Yep. Um, but other than that, yeah, a solid performance. And, I, you know, I, I could make the argument about Oddly's performance that he had the – he didn't – he wasn't pressed. He would win the ball and he'd add space to be able to play out. Um, you know, so he should hit a lot of the passes that he did. Good to see you, Rafa. What's up, buddy? Have a, yeah. have a good time. Uh, and uh, we need to get you on as a guest here real soon. Um, so um, that's where I'm at with it. I did solid – Room for improvement. That's about it. Yeah, no, it's certainly a solid performance, and I want to see more of him now. Hopefully, Pioli wants to see more of him after this. Yes, he had that mistake on the first goal, but he also set up the the first goal for Milan, right, where he had a nice through ball that lets out to uh, to Reinders, and Reinders uh, set up to uh, got the got the Pulisic, who got the shot off, and and Okafor with the put away. So nice transition there by Ali. Yeah, Ali was good. I want to see more of him. Um, and yeah. from, it seems like every time, and I think Bonetti even said this, I think it was Bonetti, but every time you see, every team we've seen Adley play, and most of it has been in friendlies, granted, but he's looked good. He's mm-hmm. looked good. And so you wonder, like, what the hell is Pioli thinking to not play this guy? Yes, you want to bring him on slow, like they did Tonali and Teo and Leo, but come on. The, it's not like the midfielders are lining it up, not anymore. It's not like we had when, when we had Kessie, Benacer, and Tonali. It's not that at all. And so there's, right. there's, you can fight for positions. And so if he's going to play step up and play well, Hey, maybe it's not Krunich. I mean, I know he loves to have Krunich starting and all, but uh, give this boy a chance. And so good to see him play. Well, I thought Okafor did well. I, I think all the boys did well uh, in this game. And so good results for Milan. And now they, I think Pioli can feel better that some of the, some of the backups, um, the subs got an opportunity to start, got to play some more minutes. And now he has a little bit more depth. He can feel comfortable with, you know, going forward. Let's see him in that role on uh, on Saturday against Lazio, against uh, a yeah. team that's going to have midfielders that are going to press him a little bit more than than Cagliari did, uh, and 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 see if he can answer the call. That's yeah. that's the that's the thing that I, I'm going to I'm going to say and, and call out on that one. So, yeah. um, so 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 good for Milan, uh, Juventus. Um, well, the, kind of calamitous against uh, Sassuolo. A bunch of individual errors. I mean, Gatti chief among them there in the end. Goal of the week candidate. <laughs> yeah, I, I think that's what we would call a lapsus um, uh, in in certain languages. Uh, but uh, not realizing that the goalie w- that Chesney was like all the way in the corner when he passed it to him and not sitting in front of his own goal. So oh, beautiful. Uh, yeah, it's like, a FIFA, goal. it's like a FIFA goal. <laughs> oh, sure. And oopsie if there ever was one. Uh, but then, you know, they do a little rotation to come into midweek and they get a contribution from Milik in the 1 0 win over uh, Lecce at the middle of the week. So yeah. you got Juve sitting here in third. Um, you know, and again, you know, one of the things that's redeeming for them is that they don't have the distraction of Europe that um, the, you know, some of these other teams around them have. But, uh, you know, assess Hube this last week. I thought, uh, you know, the Sassuolo game, a lot of glaring mistakes. And we talked about this when we talked about Bologna as being a team that has attacking players that could exploit exploit them and break them down in certain spaces and has spaces. Um, we thought Lazio could do it, but Lazio didn't. You know, Lazio chose to try to play a possession game against them and got punished for them. Yeah. Um, you know, and now here comes Sassuolo, who have a lot of similar characteristics to Bologna and finished more of their chances. So some of these 
pacier, uh, quick passing teams, I think are the teams that are really going to give Juve fits. And when you look at the when you look at the schedule, you know Atalanta, as Dino's mentioning, Milan is is showing to be a team like that as well. Um, these are the kind of teams because I, that that can tend to disjoint Juve when they get into their defensive shape. Um, are we, you know, are we, con- are we, are we concerned about Juve on that front? Um, or is this Allegri looking at it and saying, well, we'll find a, we'll find a way to fix this. I think it's Allegri. I think it's a ladder. I think they saw what they did against Lazio and they thought, Hey, we can play attractive football. Let's go ahead and do it. Cause Sassuolo have been giving up goals this year. Why not? And they had the possession as, as Sassuolo would want. Uh, right. And Sassuolo played them in the counterattack and were clinical in this game. I thought it was, it was a good game for a while. Like the first half was, you know, obviously it was one, one at one point and um, they're, they're trading blows back and forth in this game, but Sassuolo were so dangerous in the, in the game. Obviously the early goal, early blunder by Chesney doesn't help Juventus's case, but I thought Chiesa was pretty good, but they're way too open. This is not the, the winning Allegra formula that we've seen in the past where it's solid defense and, and take your chance in the offense, try to give them possession as much as you want. It, it was, we didn't really see that. And so Sassuolo had the, had the opportunities. They took advantage. They came out wave after wave. We saw nice inverted runs by both Berardi and, and Loriente. Um, Loriente was so good in this game, as is Berardi. Uh, Pinamonte was heavily involved in the game. The midfield was just you know, the quick passes, like you said. And this is going to be a recipe for many teams, teams like Atalanta, who can certainly do that. And, man, it was uh, 2-2 at one point, and then all of a sudden, you know, obviously they got the two goals late. Sassuolo did, but, yeah, it's toe-to-toe. They stood up toe-to-toe, great performers. I think more credit deserves to go to Sassuolo than you blame on Juventus. I think they're going to regroup and try to understand that you can't do this against teams that have this attack the attack that's potent like Sassuolo are or, or even Atalanta or Milan or some of these other teams, Inter, of course, and Napoli. They're going to learn from this. And I, 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 there's some good players, some good plays that we saw in that game, but I think the Sassuolo was just so overwhelming for them. Obviously, the blunders that they had, Robbie Yo and, and Gatti and, and obviously Chesney. Uh, Sassuolo looked really good. You got to give them all the credit in the world, and Juventus going to shake their head, and they, they, they learned from their mistake going into that second game against Lecce. Obviously, Lecce is a different animal, right? Uh, they, but they, the way Lecce plays, they're going to be up for the games. And Juventus seemed to understand that. And they got the goal. Eventually, got the goal from Milik uh, in that game late, um, and a true, true poacher's goal there. But they, they look better defensively. Usually, Lecce can get their opportunities, right? We've seen that so far this year. There's a reason why they're up near the top of the table is because they have been, they have been risky. They've taken, been aggressive, and so Juventus limited that in the second game. And I thought they, they learned from their mistake, but hopefully. Uh, going forward, when they play these types of offenses like Sassuolo, they, they, they'll learn from that. But that was not a good showing for them in that first game. Yeah. Um, disappointing altogether for them. and then But bouncing back to beat Lecce. Yeah. Good one. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, and getting a goal from Milik in the process. So, yeah. Um, I, I, I'm still not decided about Juve. I mean, when I did my preseason predictions, I picked him fifth. I, I, I think that. There's issues still there that I don't think they. I mean, I think that I can find four better teams, uh, you know, in which I did, and I think that not, you know, yeah, I went Inter, Milan, Napoli, and, and Roma. Um, I think when 
I think when Inter are, or excuse me, when Juventus are on, they are good. I mean, you can see how good Chiesa. Chiesa is looking like his old form where he's dynamic. He's loving that relationship with Vlahovic. Uh, Fajoli also partnered with him. They find a little chemistry there. And when they're on, they're on. But when when they're something, when they're just off or they're not, you know, the other team is going toe-to-toe with them, you see it's not quite there yet. It's not quite how Allegri wants it. And so, yeah, there's going to be room for uh, losses or, or, or dropping of points early on the season for sure. Will it last the entire season? I don't know. And I'm not. I'm with you. I'm not quite convinced on them just yet. I also had them fifth because I also think there's a, there are several teams that are um, more consistent than they are. Yep. Yep. I I, I agree. Um, I, I I you know my eyes might my I thought my eyes were playing tricks on me, but they're not. Um, Atalanta has five clean sheets in seven games in all competitions. Yeah. Um, you know, that includes that, uh, win over Rakoff in the, uh, Europa league. But, uh, I mean, when you take a look at it, Cagliari, Verona, I thought Verona were going to score today. Um, you know, I, I thought it would happen. They kept out of sight, but you know, it, I guess let's ask the question about Atalanta because they're, they're winning with some defending. They've they they can they've got two good goalkeepers. They've got Musso and they've got Karnasaki back there. You know they've got a rotation of defenders. Um, you know Kupminers can play in an advanced midfield position like he did today, or he can play in kind of that little two man pivot that sits in front of the back three. Uh, the wingbacks are getting involved in scoring more. But I want to you know, but then they're also defending well as you know on top of it, but. Um, on the one end, you want to look at it and let's just actually just narrow it down to the Serie A game. So it's four clean sheets, all victories, uh, you know, in the first six games, but it is a Sassuolo that they beat that didn't have Berardi. Uh, they beat a good Monza. They beat what's proving to be a pretty good Monza team. Yeah. Um, and then you're looking at Cagliari and, and Hellas Verona and then that's not, going to get you all that excited. And then you look at losing 2-1 at Frosinone, losing 3-2 at, at, at Fiorentina. Um, how impressed are you with Atalanta's start right now? I am quietly impressed because it seems like they've, they, Giampiero Gasparini, has found a, at least for the moment, a nice mix of solid defense with, you know, good possession attacking Still getting your offensive uh, output out there, but not compromising on the defensive side. What we've seen in the past from Giampiero Gasparini's men is that either it's all out attack or all out defense, and it's not. It's, they 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 had many zero zero games or low score one one games as a result of that. I think we see now as a compromise, and he's putting these. Uh, he I continue again. He's using CDK, and CDKs actually look like a decent player now. Um, Obviously, Ederson's in there and, and all, all the players that they have in there. They're just wherever they put these pieces, they put coat miners in the middle, put coat miners on the wing, whatever. It all works for them. And they're not compromising defensively, I think, is the ultimate thing. And and they're and they're letting the players be free will at the at the in the attack and they're finding ways to score goals with or without Zapata. Obviously, Duvan Zapata is now with Torino. It doesn't matter for them. It doesn't skip a beat. It's Kamaka's not starting. Okay, that's fine. They're gonna keep, keep doesn't miss a beat. They they have a system, it always works, it seems like. And Gasparini, I think, has just found that touch at the moment. Now, we'll see when they get against Juventus and some of these other teams and how, how it looks against a big team. But so far, so good. Uh, I like it what I'm seeing by, by Atalanta, and it's consistent. And they have been giving up goals. That's you know two of the things that have been huge uh, negatives for them last year and, and in the past. So, you know, kudos to them for now. What about you? Do you think, uh, do you rate this, this uh, what you've seen from them so far? Or you say it's uh, just, you know, teams that don't have done, done nothing yet? 
I think the game this weekend against Juventus is going to tell us a lot. Um, you know, I it's 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 kind of strange to me. On the one end, I want to sit there and say, well, I think the best thing you can say is is that they're winning the games they're supposed to win. Okay, uh, maybe except for the game at Frosinone. Okay, and I I felt Fiorentina was going to beat them. Um, you know, at the Artemio Franchi, which they did. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, I think that they've turned into this team that just can can find ways there. I don't think it's the, you know, Atalanta doing Atalanta things of a few years ago where you had Ilicic yeah. and Zapata and, yeah, you know, you know, and all of these guys. You had Hatibor, Gomez, and and Gozins at the, at the yeah. you know, at the height of their at the height of their game, and they were just just ripping apart everybody, four goals, five goals, six goals, that kind of things. Um, to Dino's point, Atalanta's had one of the easier fixture lists and they've lost two games. Yep. Um, you know, so when they have to dig in and have to play, you know, the seven sisters of which they've already lost to one of them. I mean, is it, is it going to show up? So we'll have to see, um, you know, you know, I look at Atalanta on the whole right now, you know, I look at these two games and I think it's just taking care of business as you're rotating guys and, you know, dealing with a couple of injuries. They don't have Skamaka. They're not going to have Toure. Um, so, um, yeah. Uh, one thing I am encouraged by is the, the, the wingback play because I think that that's something that was not showing up for them in the last year to two years. Um, but I think you're starting to see that slowly get better. Uh, Ruggeri is is getting better and better with every opportunity he gets. Uh, Zapacosta is a veteran. Uh, you know what you're going to get with him. So, um, and then you can, you know, Hatabor is eventually going to be able to start absorbing more minutes too. So they're going to be able to have that element, um, which might make them a little more predictable. So I'm going to make a comparison because I think Atalanta and Juventus play this weekend or very soon. The difference between the two teams, right? And it's kind of going back to Dominic's question earlier. It seems like when Atalanta lose their striker or, or one of the attackers, that they're fine. They just plug in another piece and continue moving on forward, and they continue to have success. Juventus, on the other hand, if they lose a Chiesa and Vlahovic, what happens? I think especially if they lose Chiesa, they lose a lot. Yeah. Uh, Milik, Milik can jump in for Vlahovic, I think, and do well, do admirably, but I think you lose Chiesa, and that's you know it changes things for Juventus, and they become a more defensive team. Atalanta doesn't seem to have that worry because they can... They have so many pieces they can plug in. They can move guys in different positions, too. Colt Miners is so versatile. Uh, apparently, CDK is, is, can be playing multiple positions as well. Um, they have, they're so versatile. They're, playing, they're using the wingbacks now. They're a little bit more solidified in the defense. They're not going to miss a beat. They're going to continue going forward, doing what they do, assuming they continue this, you know, this style of play that they're doing. And it's, it's achievable. It's, it's, you're, you should, they're able to have success. By the way, they're playing plugging anybody in there and i don't think juventus has that at the moment um but to that point i don't think atalanta have anybody that can replace coat miners no should he get injured correct he is he is the key cog for them um they have other plenty of pieces that have a lot of good depth on the team i think but no one of coat miners level or quality he is he's gonna be he's gonna have a better season than melanovsky did in the past uh, when he had what ten goals, eleven assists, uh, Colt Miners is turning into something really special for them just before our eyes, and you saw it in the game. Uh, in the in the game, this uh, what was it today? Yesterday uh, against Cagliari, and uh, even against Hellas Verona as well, is that they he was able to 
do things, dictate the play, do basically whatever he wanted, wherever he wanted on the pitch. And that's they don't have anybody else on the team who could do that. Is he the best midfielder in the league currently? On He's current form. He's up there. I would say you'd probably have to put maybe one of the inter midfielders. I mean, yeah, he's up there. He's definitely in the mix. Um, I think the conversation, I think the guys at the table right now are him, Chalanolu. Yeah, I was trying to bite my tongue at Chalanolu, but I, I agree with you. Certainly Chalanolu. Um, Zielinski. Zielinski. Yeah, for um, sure. Zielinski. I think it's. Kopani, midfielder, or is he an attacker? He's a he's an attacking midfielder. He kind of in the same mold. I don't know if I'm ready to anoint him. I don't. I'm, I'm not, I don't think I'm ready to put him in that company just yet. He's Luis throwing. Alberto. He, he certainly have a great season so far. Uh, you know, I think great that moments. if you're gonna have a if you're gonna have a round table with four people, I think you round it out with Luis Alberto before you round it out with Colpani. Luis Alberto has yeah. has had some performances where he's keeping Lazio in some in some games yeah. and such. Um, so yeah, that's where I'd go. I, I'd say it's those four. Um, and Colt Miners I, and, and Chalinola are probably the two most informed at the moment. I would say so. I, I would say so. I think you can make the legitimate argument that, you know, take your pick. It's either Colt Miners or Chalinola as far as through the first six match weeks, uh, as far as who's the best midfielder in this league. Krunich close so. third. Just kidding. <laughs> so, and let's, okay. So we're going to talk about Napoli. And then we're going to go 6 through 10, 11 through 15, 16 through 20. Yeah. And we'll kind of just kind of clump them. So lots of interesting things going on with Napoli, Richard. I mean, they they have a goalless draw with Bologna, which, you know, in all actuality and in all honesty, that's not anything to be – No. At least by my in my opinion, that's not Bologna's anything good team. to be too disappointed about because Bologna is a really good team. Thiago Mota's – uh, coach them well. Um, I actually have I have I have Bologna doing some pretty positive things this season. Me too. Um, because and, and it's because they're capable of going and and putting some pressure here. Now they're they're starting to draw too many games for my liking, but we can talk about them here in a little bit. Um, but it was a you know it's a game that maybe Napoli should have gotten the three points, but then you get drama because Olsen's taken out of the game, and then he goes at it with Rudy Garcia. And now you've got all of the fallout from that, and you've got some of this stuff turning up on. I think it was on a. I think it was on a TikTok account or something like that. Yeah, you got you. You know more about this than I do. Um, maybe we should start to start by the uh, by this whole TikTok thing and and and, and the issue with Alsimin and in the rift that it caused. Yeah. Um, why don't I just show the video? Uh, show what 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 I'm talking about. So it, the words say more than anything. Let me let me make it big here so you can watch. Here's a video of uh, what Napoli, mind you, Napoli on their own TikTok posted. So basically, they made fun of Osiman on their own TikTok for missing the penalty and for crying for the penalty. Uh, in the game, and obviously, Osimhen caught wind of it, and it wasn't deleted for a while. It wasn't deleted for a while, and so Osimhen now is threatening to take legal action. Uh, the uh, official wording, what I heard, was um, Osimhen could take legal action against Napoli per his agent Roberto Calende for a formal statement. What happened today in Napoli's official profile on TikTok platform is not acceptable. A video mocking Victor has made public, and then 
but now belittedly deleted. A serious fact that causes very serious damage to the player and adds to the treatment that the boy is suffering in the last period between media trials and fake news. We deserve the right to take legal action and useful initiative to protect Victor. Those are damning words there, if you know. You say mm. so. so, And it adds to what happened at the end of the game when Victor got taken out of the game. Uh, and there was obviously some words between him and Rudy Garcia. And say that what you will, right? Because, one, you want, to, you want your best player – he is the best player to be pissed off and get taken off, right? How many times have we seen Leo Messi and, and Ronaldo? Those guys get pissed off when they get subbed off. So I understand that part. But there's also the aspect of how the team looks at it is like you don't want to be shown up by your player, especially the new manager being shown up by one of the players. Uh, so there's that. There's conflict there already. It's tense right there as it is. And then whoever's fucking idea was to go on TikTok and make this stupid video. It's not the first video, too. There's a video they posted before where saying like it's a, like a joke of like, oh, I'm a coconut head, I'm a coconut, blah, 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 making fun of Osim and so it's not the first time they've done something like this. And so to mock the player after he misses a, a penalty against Bologna, uh, saying that he was begging for the penalty, this and that, it's just it's not a good look for Napoli at the moment. Um, and we'll see what happens from that. And what we saw is, you know, prior to the game and going into, you know, to practice, Osman showed up very pissed off after his public comments. Uh, he addressed the team. He said hi to his team manager, but ignored his teammates as he walked in. He was obviously very furious. Now, a 4-1 result will change those moods, right? But... That's what what they what Napoli did is very amateurish, and they need to get they need to take swift action on whoever posted that that video or made that video and posted it on TikTok because that is unacceptable. And in my mm-hmm. opinion, I, I don't know how you feel on, on this. I know you're not so much of a social media savant as uh, as Victor Osman maybe, but uh, what are your thoughts on what you saw from uh, the video from Napoli? Oh, it's atrocious. <laughs> I mean, it is. It's it's it's. I think uh, if it was like a Juventus player, like okay, they make fun of another player, a team, but not your own player. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's atrocious. It's, 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 it's completely disrespectful. Uh, and it, and it, I mean, just in in you know, in general, it's not a good look and they probably are alienating themselves from the, the best striker, the, their best striker. Um, you know, you can have the conversation about, well, Raspadori can step in at some, you know, when Ossiman leaves or Simeone can step in with some, this can be, What's that? He's probably the best striker in the league. This can potentially be irreparable because yeah. you, while they might just tell you on the surface, all right, yeah, we beat Udinese at 4-1, everything's cool. You know, that's still going to be, that's still going to be in the back of his mind. Yeah. Okay. Right. I mean, you, you don't, you don't shake off something like that and, 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 and just go back to work and carry on. Um, yeah. You know, so I mean, I think it ultimately is going to end up with Napoli losing Ossiman, and he might get lose him in January. You, you know, they might say, "Look, I, I want out." You know, or they might even been discussed behind the scenes and say, "Listen, sell me in January. I want out of here." Yeah, um, it's possible. I'll, and in the meantime, I'll keep playing as hard as I can for this club. So it's going to be very interesting. I'm. Very curious to see what the Raff and Raff and Raff Rand is going to say about this. Yeah, that's going to yeah. be a great. That's going to be a great listen. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. But uh, it's it's crazy. Um, but you know, let's let's come back to what they did on the pitch here. Okay, so a nil nil draw with Bologna. They had their chances. You know, on a different day, probably would have won that game. They just they didn't. So that kind of maybe that kind of set off the chain of events, or maybe some of the problems, and then. They get back to work here. They play an Udinese team, and they destroy. They scored four. 
Lisi and I were talking about it, and Lisi said, "Man, they they might you know when they got up two 0 Lisi's in, they might score ten. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, they looked like they were on a mission. Fatatelli has scored a, a goal of the week candidate, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so that sure. got him back on track. Um, also, he looked hungry, like he wanted yeah. goals. He got his goal. Yeah. You know, so they performed on the pitch like nothing's really changed. So, you know, and I think that that's going to serve them well. Um, yeah. You know how long they keep this attitude up, you know, remains to be seen. And then can, and I think my biggest question that I have right now for Napoli is Rudy Garcia might just be best off staying out of the way, Yeah, you know, and just sticking with what worked under Spalletti. This is a different team automatically without uh, Kim. Um, You know, I think without, you know, I think another piece or two, but Natan looked a, good in this game, I thought. What's that? No, yeah, he did. Look good. He did. But Garcia might do his best his best job, his best managing job with this team would be to just change as little as possible. Yes. You know, and let them keep it going. I, I agree 100%. And it's kind of why I didn't pick him to win the Scudetto this year is because that Rudy Garcia factor. And I think last year... A Spalletti managed team against his Bologna would have found a way to win, right? Yeah. Um, and that, it's not all the manager too, right? It's the players as well. But I think, to your point, Garcia's best best to get out of the way, line up, you know, make a starting eleven, make substitutions, get out of the way, right? I think this team knows how to play. They've been playing this way since Sadi Ball back, you know, several years ago, and so they've they still they've, while they have some pieces left from that, one or two. They still know how to play that same way, very attractive style, and they're going to be a good team. They're absolutely going to be a good team this year. And I think Victor Osman is the utmost professional. I think he's going to keep doing his job, keep scoring goals. But I, I agree with you. I, I would not be surprised. I'd be more shocked if he stayed here long term versus leaving because I, I think he's going to be on his way out. If he wasn't already, he will be now after you know seeing that kind of stuff. And you know the eyes now going to be on their social media team to make sure they're pitch perfect from the here on out from on all their platforms. So. Um, yeah, this not this Napoli team. I, I was really curious to see how they would bounce back after all this controversy, and they, they they responded very well. But my question to you is: With Napoli, do you think that they feel this insane amount of pressure to repeat, or at the least validate what they did last year as not a one-off? Because um, they got a new manager, and while they kept most of the pieces, the expectation now is do it again. Do what you did last year and do it again. You think they have that overwhelming pressure that may be the undoing of them. At least the, when I say undoing, I say the undoing of winning Scudetto. They're just going to be very at, at the top. What happens when, when I mean, what happens when you do when you do win one? You know, the next year they're all coming after you. Every year. You know, um, you know Nick Saban said this often about his Alabama teams when after after winning a national championship in college football. You know, it's talking about being the defending national champion. And he said he never understood that concept. He said, well, what are we defending? We won that. Okay. We won that with that team. And, you know, some of those players are gone, you know, NFL or otherwise. You know, this is a different team. All right. We're not, we don't, that, what we did last year can't be taken away from us. Okay. Um, yeah. We need to, you know, we need to have the mindset. We need to just go out and attack and get another one. Yep. Okay. Um, and that needs to be a defending champion's mindset, okay? Because it is there. There's some similarities, okay? There's some different players at Napoli. There's a different manager. It's a different team, yeah. okay? Even if there's a lot of the same faces. So, 
Um, you know, if they took the mindset, they, they, and then I think that Napoli, if they took the mindset that we're going to attack another one, I think a couple of these results would be really different because, yeah, you can feel a little bit of pressure when you are the champion, okay, and uh, that responsibility to win back-to-back. It's why we've had, you know, the last four years different champions, and it almost makes you marvel at what Juventus did here for 10 straight years if you assume that it was all on the up and up. Um <laughs> so, um, but you don't know, in Napoli's case, they, yeah, they're, 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 you're, you're everyone's motivation, you know, that's who you're, that's, that's the, that's the stand, you're the standard now. You're who, to Michael's point, you're who everybody wants to measure them, you know, measure themselves against to see where they're at. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's responsibility to that, but at the same time, you've got to you've got to you've got to reverse that. You've got to reverse the mentality on your end and say, "Hey, we're attacking something too." Yep. So, and that's just the way it is. Uh, who else is next on the, on the top ten? Well, let's move to let's let's do six through ten and lump them all together. So all Lecce, right. Lecce had a win and a defeat. Fiorentina won back to back. Sassuolo with two amazing back to back wins. Frozenoni with a win and a draw. Torino with a draw and a loss. I we we've, we've we've spoken glowingly about Sassuolo and what they're like now that Berardi's in the fold. And I think that we've already exhausted that, so we don't need to talk about them. Yeah. Interestingly enough, Fiorentina have a game in hand here and have a chance to elevate themselves into uh, a tie for third with Juventus. So a, a win at Frozenoni for Fiorentina tomorrow puts them top four. Um, you know, and talk about them a little bit here under Italiano. Where they they go and get battered by Inter, and then they realize that they have Lucas Martinez Corta on the bench. Um, That's where play, he is, and play him. <laughs> and I think he's didn't he score in one of these games? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but they beat Atalanta, and then they get a clean on they get a clean sheet on Udinese. So, um, I. This Fiorentina team is going to has suddenly has become a sneaky proposition. It's almost like they just said, "You know what? Uh, scrap this Inter game, and now let's just look forward." But you, now you get, but it's a Fior, This is going to be fascinating because because if Frozenoni win, they're on eleven points and they're in a tie. They're tied with Napoli and Lecce, so that's a fun game tomorrow. Um, yeah. And 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 the frozen only games have not been boring. And Fiorentina have proved. And, and Fiorentina do not mind getting into a track meet with anyone. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I guess in essence, we're looking at this six through ten and previewing that game. Yeah, and I think with Fiorentina is similar to Milan because like everyone's like, oh, everyone's everyone's boasting about Fiorentina in the early part of the season. Oh, they're such a great team. Hey, some people are saying they're going to win Scudetto, right? Then they go against Inter and lose what four nothing in that game, and it's like, oh well, well uh, slow our roll on, on Fiorentina. But maybe just the anomaly with both Fiorentina and Milan were Inter. Inter just did damn good, and, and they got be- obviously beat by Sassuolo this week. But Inter were good, so if you take that game out of the way, the rest of the games for Fiorentina have been good, right? They've been getting results. They got two 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 wins here and uh, this week, and so yeah, they found their magic piece. You know, obviously having Court out there. Bonaventura is having a renaissance. You know, he's getting like eight, like fine wine, just playing so much, so much better every year. It seems like, uh, and it, all the pieces are 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 playing. Vincenzo Italiano has got it right. He you saw what he did in the intergame. game. He says, "Yeah, I'm not doing that again. Let me do. Let me just do what. I, let's stick to our bread and butter. 
look look to the strength of his teams and take advantage of that. Uh, and obviously having Martino Corto get, get in the game, he's pushing up you know really high and a lot uh, and getting involved in the action, um, moving the ball around, nice quick passing. It's 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 really uh, wonderful football to see. And I'm glad that Vicente Tiliano has got this team humming right now. And they look like a team that's going to be challenging for certainly European spot. Where we'll find out. But they're, they're playing really nice. They seem to be gelling at the moment. And uh, full credit to Vincenzo Italiano to kind of guide his team back in there. Because the, the big question this year would be like, can they do what they did at the end of the season? They played so well on three different fronts. Can they repeat that? And it you know it seems like they, they're picking up where they left off last year and uh, and continuing on. So uh, look out for them. And you know gets they got a, obviously a big game coming up this, this weekend. Yeah, it's going to be entertaining. I mean, every one of the Fiorentina games are entertaining, as you said. Frosinone, they they have not been the the pushovers that many people thought they were. I thought they were going to be. They're certainly not. Uh, EDS got the team playing well. They he took what they did last year and and pretty much didn't change the didn't didn't mess with it too much, right? Uh, and so it's going to be a certainly an entertaining game uh, against Frosinone, and I uh, can't wait to watch it. Honestly, I can't believe I'm saying that a Fiorentina uh, Frosinone match, but I am. Yeah, yeah, it's going to be. It should be a very interesting game. I do expect Fiorentina to win. I do. I do um, yeah. So, and then, you know, Torino was clipping right along. They had a good start for the, for the first four games. They had eight points. Um, or, I mean, sorry, seven points. But now they're coming off with a draw and a loss. A well-earned draw against Roma at home. And then going to Lazio, losing 2-0. So, I guess you can't be too harsh on them. No. Um, but, man, I tell you what, the difference that Zapata makes with that team. Oh, my gosh, um, yes. To have a target, to have a reference point. You know, with with a nice combination of technique and work rate in that midfield and on the wing back positions. Under, I, I said this in my when I did my little preview thread um, and did my predictions thread. This is this is the most talented team Ivan Juric has had as a Serie A manager, hundred uh, percent. Given all the stops that he's made, um, so going through a little bit of a bump here, playing some teams that he's probably not supposed to get results against. But you're you're seeing a Torino team that's uh, I still think going to be a very live threat here for you know, to, to even snatch seventh, you know, I don't know if they're a top six team yeah. uh, by any stretch of the imagination, but you know, a team that if they finished in the conference league place at the end of the season, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree hundred percent about that. I think what we got a taste of both Roma and Torino playing with big men up top, a focal point that can really ignite that offense and Zapata. He, you know, I, I was curious how he would do coming over to Torino, but it seems if he could fit perfectly, Obviously, Juric uh, knows how to use him and is using him very well. You know, they came up again a little roadblock today. Or was it today? I can't remember. All these days are blending together. But the game against Lazio, a little roadblock against them. Obviously, Lazio needed to bounce back themselves after the uh, the earlier earlier in the week. And so um, it's not – they shouldn't they shouldn't feel down about this game, losing 2 nothing. I think the, the pieces are there. They have some really nice, talented players there, as you mentioned. Uh, this team is going to do well this year. They're certainly a top ten team. How 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 and how low can they go is a, is a question. You said seventh, and that's a, that's a very real realistic uh, uh, guess. And so, yeah, this team's going to be fun to watch this year. And they're not going to be the Ivan Juric teams where they just low score and beat you defensively and try to win one nothing. They're gonna they're gonna have their games where they score three goals and stuff. Zapata's going to get his goals this year. Uh, he's definitely going to get double digits, no doubt. I think he's going to have a um, a new lease on life playing at Torino where he doesn't have to be, he, he is the main guy there versus uh, when he was at Atalanta, he was one of many, right? Um, mm-hmm. And doesn't worry about being in Gasparini's doghouse as well. But uh, yeah, no, it's this Torino team is going to be interesting to watch. And so um, 
yeah, uh, I think they're they're a real team this year, and you know, move on from the Lazio game is a is a good result for Lazio. Yep. And then there's Lecce. Um, yeah. You know, an, you know, another win this time against them. Lecce at least is proving to be the. I mean, they're they're a perfect three for three at home. Um, that includes a win over Lazio. Um, you know, away a little bit of a different story. Um, you know, just two draws and a loss. So, but I mean, if they're going to have that home field advantage, um, it's, it's something, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. And you, that's something that the teams in a relegation zone won't have. I mean, they're probably the best at home out of all those teams. So you got that under you. If you get wins at home, you know, pile up the wins at home, that's going to put you in a nice, nice bit of safety. Why they survived last year, right? Uh, and even on the road this year, they've been difficult to play against. Ask Juventus. It wasn't easy for Juventus at all uh, in that game. And so while they may lose the games, they're going to make it tough for everybody. It just seems like um, the pieces they got. I mean, re- I really like the, their number nine. Hristovic is... Uh, Seems to be a guy who knows to put the ball in the back of the net, and uh, who's the guy who came off the bench and scored and scored early in the week again for them against Genoa. Um, oh my God, names escaping me. Number ten. I see his number. I see him clearly. I see his picture. I just can't pick his name. Anyway, they got some nice pieces there for them, uh, and so they're going to be fun to watch. They're not going to just be your boring defensive team. They're going to they're going to take their chances, especially at home. They're a difficult team. They're a difficult out. You're going to have to bring your A game when you play against Lecce. Uh, Udan. Udan. Thank you, the Frenchman. Yep, Remy Udan. Yeah, wonderful goal by him. Yeah. Yep. Um, so, and he gets to the You've got Alnquist. We've got Bonda when he gets healthy. Um, no. You know, so there's some no. pieces. There's a couple of midfielders in there that are looking pretty impressive too. So they're a team that, you know, for now are going to get. They're going to give him some fits, but I'll tell you, they they could also be a team that could get found out at some point too. So. Um, time will tell. Eleven to fifteen. We've got some teams that probably. You know, they're, they're definitely not going to be there for long. Lazio, Hellas, Verona, Bologna, Roma, Monza. Monza probably fits in this area. You're looking at Lazio and Roma right now and just kind of having their shortcomings to start the season. Roma starting to stack it together a little bit now. Um, now that uh, uh, Big Rom is back, I think, uh, you know, earning a point at Torino, but having him in the mix. They also wanted Sheriff in the Europa League. Uh, so now they're, they're unbeaten since that loss. At Milan, you know, you got Lazio who, you know, are kind of right now all over the place over the results, but beat Torino today, had the 1-1 draw with Monza, were beaten beaten soundly by by Juve. And then you got Bologna, you know, Bologna, Roma, and Bologna and Roma are on this list and Monza are on this list. These are teams that have yet, that have a game in hand, uh, so they can easily find themselves out of this spot. But... Um, Roma gets out of this pretty quickly. They're a different team um, without with, with Lukaku in the mix and with all of their guy, all of their parts there now. I think they go and they win at Genoa. It's got, that game's going to be a rock fight, by the way. The way Giordino's got this team trying to tighten things up now. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Rategui with the goal scoring touch. Yep, yep. Agreed. But I think Roma will squeak it out. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm like one nil Roma uh, on a game like that, and then. You know, you look at Bologna. Um, that's going to be a fun game against Monza. There, there. Those are two teams that are sitting here in this, in this, uh, you know, in this section of teams, and and they've got to play each other. You know, Monza have kind of been indifferent. They're struggling to score goals. That's one thing that stands out. Just four in their uh, four goals in their first five games. 
Um, and, uh, you know, generally just struggling to get results overall. Um, they, but, uh, smacked by Atalanta and Inter, which is probably expected, but then getting wins and draws against the teams kind of around them. So if Bologna finds their scoring form, which they've been struggling to do the last couple of games, they win this handily. In my opinion, I think they beat them by two. I beat, I think they beat Monza two nil or maybe even three one. Um, but Mons is going to be a tough customer. Just comment on this on this section of teams here because there's some there's some interesting dynamics going on with this group. I, I think I think Monza, Bologna, Roma, and Lazio are all top ten teams. I, I think Bologna is very obviously Roma and Lazio are going to be in the, in the top ten. They're both they're so much talented on, on both those teams, and they're just they're going to ascend really quickly. I think Bologna. We've talked about Bologna, you know, at depth how. How well managed they are by by Thiago Mota. He's got the pieces. He's using the pieces to their potential, and they're scoring. Xerxes up top is just fantastic to watch. He really brings a different element to them that it seemed like didn't have with Arnautovic. Arnautovic, yes, he scored many goals for them, but I think Xerxes adds another another twist that they didn't have before. Uh, and so they're fun to watch. And I think Bologna, like you said, once they find the scoring touch, they're going to be you know knocking some of these teams out of the way. Now, I've been thoroughly impressed with Monza, uh, the way they play. Um, the pieces that they have, that's a really nice piece there. This team was really put well together. I love the way they play. I mean, that game against Lazio was an entertaining game, went back and forth, back and forth. Monza had probably probably the better of the opportunities in that game, but some of these attacking pieces, uh, uh Churia and, and Colpani and uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, Colombo's there. I mean, it just it's a really nice team to watch. They're fun to watch now. Defensively, they probably had need some something to work on, but they're they're getting the job done, and I think. This game against Monza and Bologna coming up is going to be a, a close game. I probably, you know, I imagine it's going to be like a one-one game. Though I don't see an outright winner. I think if Bologna is on their on their game and scoring goals. Yeah, I agree with you. They're probably going to win this game. But Monza is going to be tough out this year. They're I, I like them a lot how they're set up, um, and yeah, they're going to be a difficult team as they were last year. I think they're. I see Monza as being a threat for European competition in the next year or two. I really yeah, do. Not this year. I think there's no, another year of consolidation year. that they need to do. But I agree. Yeah, um, I agree. yeah, I'm with you. Um, Verona for us is the team that doesn't belong here, and they're going to go the other way. They're going to go down. Yeah. Um, we have them. I, I have them for relegation. Suddenly now the goals have stopped. I mean, we kind of now have an account of what they look, what they are when the luck doesn't come their way. Um, you know, but the, I mean, I think the one thing that they've got for them is that they are they are working hard defensively. They're limiting chances. They they've they're, they've been correcting that since since getting beaten three one by Sassuolo. Um, but the goal scoring punch going the other way just isn't there. Um, you know, Bonazzoli's struggling. Uh, we and we said this. We said when your creative midfielder is Andre Duda, and you really don't have much, and you're and the only other guy relying on is Saponata, you're in some trouble. Um, and you got to find ways to get the ball to a, somebody like a Cyril and uh, Gonjo, who's who to me I think is a talent. Um, but it's easy to defend him. It's easy to be able to get to him and have cover so that he can't he can't get around you. There's not very many times where you're going to let him free to be one v one against a defender. So you take that risk out of it. Then what do you have left? So right. um, there's not much creativity to the Verona side. Um, and, uh, at some point that's going to catch up to them and we're going to start to see more defeats. Yeah. Their, their, their game plan this year is going to be all out defense and try to try to nick one. 
right? If they mm-hmm. can get a zero zero result, that'd be a fine result for them. They want points. They just want points at this point. They're not gonna looking to be like a Leche who's going out and trying to get victories. They're gonna be very compact, right? Trying to minimize the the mistakes that come up against them and and try to get survive that way, which I don't know if that's a, a great formula, but uh they're certainly gonna be going down out of this group. Um they're they're the they're the odd the odd couple in this in this group in here. They're gonna live by being shit house merchants. That's how they're gonna try to survive. So <laughs> yes. So we'll yes. see. Yes. All right. Finally, the last five teams: Genoa, Salernitana, Udinese, Empoli, Cagliari. Mm. Empoli get Andrea Zoli back. A, you know, I hit you because I love you. Kind of talk that Empoli's owner probably had with him. Um, and this must be like the third time or fourth time Andrea Zoli's back. At least third time. At least. Yeah. Managing Empoli, I'll tell you. Uh, and this is the uh, get to know him before everybody else starts talking about him, and we're going to beat everybody to it again. Jacopo Fazzini, uh, yeah. midfielder for Empoli. Oh, dear Lord. He can create. He can cross. He is very productive from a midfield position, and Andrea Zoli is going to turn this boy loose um, and just add him to the playmakers that they got. But can they get a goal scorer? Caputo's on the shelf. Uh, Spendi was kind of looked to to be that guy in this game and didn't really come up with anything concrete against Salernitana. Um, you know, they fought bravely against Inter and came up short, lost on that wonder goal by DiMarco. Um, but having Andrea Zoli back in the fold actually gives me hope because I think his style and the way he wants his teams to play is a better fit for the collection of talent that they have there than Zanetti has. Yeah, and they like to play a free he can get their team to play the 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 freestyle free will attack much better than, you know, Zanetti could. And all they're missing is that goal scorer now at the moment. I think they're creating chances Baldanzi's finally scored for them, uh, first goal for Empoli this year this season. Um yeah, I think he's going to certainly clean it, make it more difficult to be scored against. What we saw immediately made uh, made the game against Inter very difficult, right? And then uh, and then getting the uh, in the game this, today it was or whatever it was. So it's going to be a, a an improved Empoli team. Now, do I think they're going to be out of this? No, be higher than fifteen? No, um, I, they're still going to be in a relegation. Though I think they're going to be towards you know 15 16 i don't think they're gonna be in the bottom three but uh they need to find a goal scorer someone's gonna have to step up for them you know when Caputo's out uh and it can't just be the number nine it has to be one of the midfielders or somebody has to step up to, for them it can't just be one person no team is gonna be successful if they just had the one player and so um maybe they, what's more marco Briello up to these days right was it 47 now he probably gets some goals all right until the meantime <laughs> uh, but yeah i do like the Empoli team i do like the way they play especially under andrea zoli but, you know, they're a team that's going to be in this bottom five, I think, uh, as, uh, throughout the entire season. I believe I had him 17th or 16th in my predictions to, to finish the season. Kind of an ought to survive yeah. kind of thing. Um, do, is, I think the alarming team in this, in, this, in this group, and I think it mainly has to do with the results that they've had so far this season, it's Udinese. And now they just take, they get smacked by Napoli four goals to one, uh, two nil at home. They couldn't score against Cagliari. Uh, they couldn't score against Frosinone. They only managed one, one against Salernitana. I, I think Sotil is not long for this world as Udinese, Udinese manager. We know how the Pozzos can get, Um, but I don't think the message is getting across. I agree with you. I think, 
Of the bottom five, certainly Udinese is the troubling team because they shouldn't, with the talent that they have, they shouldn't be in the bottom five, but they're going to be there all season long, at least while Saltillo's there. I agree with you. I think his, uh, of the bottom five teams, he's probably the next manager to go. Yeah. Um, and they have some pieces. I mean, Samarcic had a freaking wonderful goal this year this, uh, against against Napoli and their consolation goal for in their big loss there. But they got some pieces. They just can't can't figure it out. They they're not listening, responding to Sotil anymore. Yeah, they had some difficult games, but still, the Uzanese well, even last year they made every, every game was difficult. Every game, every team didn't matter top to bottom. They played everybody difficult. We're not seeing that right now. And so, yeah, they're gonna have to change something quickly. I think if they, they, they get Sotila, bring someone in who can work with this group that they have right now, they can certainly get out of the top 15. They have the talent to do it. But at present, I, I they're going to be in that bottom 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 five. And honestly, if they if they don't pull the, that, that trigger quickly, they could be in that relegation fight for quite a bit of time, you know, unfortunately. Yep. I, you know, I'm with you, but I, I think that there's talented enough that they're going to figure it out and dig their way out of it. But okay. it is not, it is not a good sign because this is a fixture list that, you know, when I look at it, I would expect five or six points out of them at this point, not three. Yeah. Um, so I think they're definitely underachieving, and I think it's going to end up costing Sotil his job. Mm-hmm. Salernitana and Bulaidia need each other. Yes, they yeah. flat out need each other. You know, Dia came in off the bench today in the loss to, to Empoli. It looks like they've kind of gotten over some of their issues. There was talk about Dia getting maybe getting sold before the transfer deadline and all this other stuff. And that, you know, Salernitana made the deal with Villarreal permanent, but then they were going to try to move him. And there's there's some conversations going on there. Yeah. Um, and I think there were some conversations that didn't make Bull Idea particularly happy and it kept him away from the team um, or it kept him away from getting into the team. Now, that he's back in the fold with some regularity and is going to be for some time. Paulo Sosa just needs to play him. Um, you know, he can still play the same system he wants, and he's got a healthy rotation. I think Giovanni Cabral is a decent player. I do too. Um, I like him. Uh, you know, and I think Candreva had a shitty 45 minutes here against Empoli and got the hook at halftime. Um, you know, but, but I think that, you know, what is Salernitana, where's Salernitana been good? Uh, in the last couple of years, in addition to some of the players we're talking about, wingbacks, and they've got two good ones, Matsalki yeah. and Bradovic. And it's uh, strange to me um, that they haven't been able to get it quite clicking on all cylinders yet. Uh, you know, right now this is going to look like an ugly loss to Empoli, a, a bad loss given where Empoli is and that they hadn't scored all season coming in. But I think Empoli are going to be better under Andrea Zoli, and this loss isn't going to look as bad as it looks now. Um, but then, you know, 3-0 at home to Torino, 2-0 at Lecce, struggling to score goals. The, the draw with Udinese, a team that you're struggling with right now. Um, you know, Salernitana is a team that better figure out some things pretty quick here. And it starts with getting Dia into the team regularly. 100% because uh, Mehmet Ochoa can't do everything himself. He's been fantastic this year, but they face a lot of shots. And so mm-hmm. naturally some goals are going to go in. But they need some goal scorers there. I mean, you have a, a Dia with a Cabral and, and some of these other pieces. I think you got a, a nice group that can be a comfortable mid-table team, lower mid-table team. But, uh, yeah, they need to figure it out. I think this team is underachieving. It's funny because they seem like they're overachieving at the beginning, and now they seem like they're underachieving. I think that they just got to get the goals. And Bull Idea, like you said, Bull Idea needs to be with them, and they need to be with Bull Idea. They have to make this work if they want to survive this year. Because, uh, you know, as well as 
the team seems to be gelling and playing at the moment. All it takes is a bad egg in that room, whether it's you know caused by management or the player, to really set this morale and the team go down. We've seen it many times with other teams, right? Maybe the Kali, the team that got relegated before, they probably had no business getting relegated, but they did, right? And Sampdoria, same thing. So um, it can happen. And so hopefully they can figure it out the goal-scoring ways because, you know, if they can get some goals, they're going to have the goalkeeping, right? They have the midfielders. They have some yep. wingbacks. This team is not that bad, I, honestly. You put, I think you rated them, what, 13th this year as your prediction or something like that? So, I mean. Which team? Florentitana? Uh, I think I had them like 16th or 15th, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. Um, and then, I mean, just quick, quick. I mean, I think, I, I think Cali are where they're going to end up being pretty much all season. It's just not pretty. Um, I, you know, Lavumbo is, is the guy we kind of talked about at the beginning of the season as being the guy that's going to give people some problems, but they don't have a second guy really like that. Um, they just, they, Ranieri's plan is to play a two-striker system with Lavumbo as one guy and then the other guy being a basically a stiff. And this time it was Patania um, against Milan. Um, you know, but then they've got some play. Ozello uh, was a you know you know the left wing back and he's going to provide some service and you know. But I think they need to and they've got Viola in the mix, who's a good playmaking midfielder, who's a guy that's going to probably going to need, need to be called on more often for Cagliari to create some more chances because two goals through six games aren't, aren't going to cut it. No. And then on the, the other team, we'll talk about both of them, Genoa with Gilardino. Um, they're about where I thought they would be at this point. I mean, I think very brave of them to go and get a 2-2 draw there with Napoli. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lecce's perfect at home, so that's difficult. Torino's a very strong side. I mean, the one thing that I'll give Giladino credit for up to this point is, I mean, they 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 won their Copa game against Modena, gave up three goals, and then opening game of the season gave up four to Fiorentina. Um, I think he's shored up his defense and how they defend and how they organize as a team. He's done a good job of that. It's starting to slowly become at the cost of what they're capable of being going forward with Rategi, with Goodmanson, with, with yeah. Malinowski when they give him a chance. And I think that that's kind of the, that's kind of the balance right now, or that's kind of the challenge that Gilo you know, is having with this Genoa team. Yeah, it's kind of like what we said about Gasparini. He had to find that balance, and he finally did find that balance. I think Giladino's tactics have been better as of late, especially after that Fiorentino loss. But it, you, it's, it's a difficult ask, right? You want to... You want to stop the goals from leaking in for sure. That's you know that's you're not going to win a game if you if you give up goals, but you can't also sacrifice the offense and and you can't what you we can draw your way out the rest of the season. Who are you Verona? Um, they have pieces in the attacking side that if Gilardino can find that nice balance, maybe they just need more midfielders to help out with you know possession of the ball. They can be a team that's going to be comfortably out of the relegation zone, but. They have to prove it first, and I don't. Uh, while the tactics have gotten better by Gilardino, he hasn't figured out the right recipe just yet. And until he until he does, they're going to be lingering in that relegation fight. And you know, it could be where they, that's where they say the rest of the season. It could be they may never find it. Right? How long it take Gasparini to figure out how to play the nice balance of uh, you know attack and defense? And I'm not comparing Napoli in general at all or Atalanta in general at all, but there are some nice pieces there in the attack for them that you, sure. that you mentioned. And he needs to find a way to use them without sacrificing the defense. And so, until he gets that, it's going to be this uh, team that's going to, you know, linger towards the bottom of the table. Unfortunately, 
Agreed. Agreed. So, and we'll see how he does. I mean, a Roma team that ran riot against Empoli recently. Let's see if he can find that balance tomorrow night. Um, I I already said Roma's going to win 1-0, so I think it's going to be just kind of another week where he's going to have an issue with it. So, um, but against a team like Roma, there might not be any shame to that. So, um, but who knows? Um, so that's kind of a overview since it was a double match week. It's just kind of like, okay, looking at the games, looking at what we're seeing, but also just kind of seeing the, where the, you know, it's kind of just kind of hard to cover 17 games that have been played so far. So we'll just look at it team by team and, yeah. you know, so that's what we did. So hopefully uh, everybody enjoyed that and uh, learned a little bit. So, but you can add Jacopo Fazzini to the, uh, to the uh, one to watch and somebody you better get to know uh, as you're watching Empoli teams play. Cause I think that, um, you know, he's put together, he's strung together a couple of nice games. He's another youth product and, uh, you know, looking really solid so far. And I expect that he'll keep it up with the way he plays. So we should uh, write this off off the podcast, uh, write down names, of all these guys and start making some videos and, 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 and write ups about these guys. Because people are asking about who are these guys and want to know more about these guys that we've been talking about. So uh, we can maybe bring that and uh, share that with the public. So yeah, absolutely. Um, yep. We'll try to do that. So. Uh, goals of the double match week. We've got 17 games to pick five goals. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> my honorable mention is going to go to uh, Gatti versus Sassuolo. That was a beautiful yeah. empty net goal by him. But uh, I kid. Uh, number five for me, I'm going to go with. Uh, well, uh, so is right. that the is that the butt fumble of own goals? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, it's got to be. I mean, that was a terrible, terrible own goals. A nice shot. Yeah. Uh, but no, what a what a buffoon. Anyway, and I, I like Gatti a lot. So anyway, uh, number five for me, Cabral versus Frosinone, uh, the player that we, we you talked about him before. He's you know he's a decent player, and I thought he had a nice goal there against a nice curler there. Number four, hey do, but it's Lavombo against Milan. Wonderful, powerful strike, short side against uh, Sportiello. Number three, I'm going Cavarcelia against Udinese. Wonderful chip to, to go over the keeper, and then it crested in but the nice interception prior to that as well he had a really good game uh, uh, there uh number two Berardi against Juventus uh the curl of the, the I think it ended up being the winner I can't remember but uh wonderful goal by him you knew the left foot was coming and Zaghi knew it was coming you know today and you mean against Inter I mean well Inter no no I'm, oh, I'm talking about Inter yeah you're right you're right you're right, you're right, you're right. Inter yeah uh, Inter, the goal against Inter. You know it's coming. Inzaghi was pissed off about it. Uh, couldn't do nothing about it. You know it's coming, but Sommer got beat. Sommer, rare he stands, stands still and doesn't do anything. That was just a great yeah. great curler. Number mm-hmm. one, Samarcic dancing, dancing through, what, seven Napoli players to get the goal. Uh, mm. Wonderfully done by him, all in consolation. He The team got embarrassed, but Samarcic is one of the best players on that team, and he he looked good on that, the, the Serbian player with a nice, nice run-through dribble and finish there. So that's my number one there. Okay, I think we've got three of three. We, we agree on three goals. It's not where they're they're placed. So, okay. uh, and number five, I am uh, yes, Anthony. I've got Ruben Loftus Cheek, but it's at number five for me. Uh, his debut goal for Milan. Uh, great yep. counterattack. Great work by Pulisic, and then a great goal from distance there uh, for the for the uh, former Chelsea man. Um, number four is the uh, Quadratelia goal against Udinese just uh, to be able to win the ball with pressure and then uh, with that little dink touch past the goalkeeper and then tucking yeah. it in yeah. just wonderful individual skill there uh, speaking of individual skill Lazar Samarjic against Napoli that gets my number three um, uh, like he was moving through training cones literally uh, <laughs> you know and uh, yeah. and, and scoring 
Uh, I've got the Fede Di Marco volley against Empoli number two. Uh, well struck, well taken, gives Inter a, a critical win there yeah. uh, in Tuscany. And then number one for me, Domenico Berardi's goal against Inter today. Uh, what a strike. Yeah. Um, you know, you, you, you can't hit it that much more perfect. And to your point, against an informed goalkeeper to score that way. First team to get two on Inter this season. Uh, so Sassuolo yeah. take a bow. Um, but that is those are my top five. Okay, I like it. I like it. Nothing wrong with that. First round of cha- uh, first round of Champions League, Europa League, Conference League games wrapped up. Richard, any comments or thoughts on that? I mean, the one redeeming, the one the one redeeming thing about the the games that our seven teams in City were involved in, uh, seven City teams played, and there wasn't a loss among them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I will say that, you know, in terms of the games that played after we went off air, uh, Napoli, good to see that they got a win against Braga. Um, going on the road, we said if they got a, a score result against Braga, that would have been a good result, and they got a win, so good for them. I thought Inter saved off embarrassment. Uh, uh, certainly a letdown game after the derby against Sociedad. They got a late goal by Mkhitaryan to, to equalize there, so um, you know, good for them to get a point in a, in a group that is difficult. So, I mean, better than a loss, tell you that much. Um Moving on to Roma beating Sheriff. Uh, kind of expect that Sheriff was going to make it difficult for them. We, we said that last week, and, and Roma did find a way to win. No. Um, what other games there? Uh, you already talked about Atalanta and, and Raquel. Raquel uh, Atalanta is getting the, getting the job done. Nice 2 nothing victory there at home. Uh, moving over to the Conference League. Um, Fiorentina Genk, pretty much how we thought, right? We said we, I think we both said 2-2 game in that, in that, in that one there because Gank can score yeah. goals at home. Fiorentina know how to play in these kind of games. Obviously made it yeah. to the finals last year. 2-2, we called it. So, uh, yeah, no, good good games, by good showing by City A. And so hopefully we see more of that going on to the rest of the uh, fixture. I would love to see all City A teams progress out of their European positions. But uh, we'll see. Um, good results for match week one. Yeah, I mean, find a way to get points. I mean, accumulate points. Um I would say, interestingly enough, with the way everything was situated, the most disappointing result was uh, Milan drawing Newcastle at home. And you want to win your home matches in group play. Especially the way um, they played. Yeah. You know, I mean, just the, the, the result itself was disappointing. The performance was outstanding. It was a great bounce back from the derby. Uh, but to come away empty-handed without any goals is is going to be when you look at it and these go, these points are tallied up and they end up in the Europa League or end up fourth they're going to look at that game and they're going to go back and look at the chances and and say man there was there's plenty we had our we had our opportunity we can't and you know, we we only have ourselves to blame it 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 weirdly feels like a couple of years ago um and I think this was the year that it was that, that Liverpool and Tottenham reached the final or where right. Napoli and Inter missed out on qualifying by pretty much, you know, through the group stage by one goal, Um, literally one goal, Uh, score one or score one more or or give up one less and they would have gone through. So let me ask you, let me ask you this. This is for anybody listening, really. What would you rather your team have in those situations? Would you rather have a team, your team dominate the game and come out zero, zero or get dominated and find a way to get zero, zero, which, which is the better of the two? I'd rather dominate the game and, and, and get zero zero. Yeah. Um, ultimately, you want to point. You want to point. No matter what, you want to get out of the group. Yeah. Ultimately, but uh, yeah, I think I'm with you. I think you you would want to be the team that has a dominant team because at least you know, hey, you just got to get a goal in there. If your if your team gets dominated, it's like where do you go from here? Like, yeah. I'm not ready for the limelight. 
you know? Yep. And who did PSG, PSG when they lost to it was Nice a couple of weeks ago? Uh, they lost three two, and and Luis Enrique said to reporters after the games, "We played well." You know, I mean, I, I can't. I'm not. There's not a whole lot I'm going to change with the way we played. Yeah. You know, just sorry for some of the incidents that led to the goals we gave up. Yeah. So, um, you know, that that's that's the beauty of this sport. I mean, you know, I, I I played on a high school team that my junior year we played for the state championship and we outshot our opponent twenty to two and we lost the fight. We lost on penalties. So it was zero zero after regulation and overtime. So, um, you know, it happens. I mean, it, it really does. So, um, you know, but, uh, but to the point I'd rather, I'd rather be the dominant team and have all the chances because that I knew I controlled the game. I can go to training and just try to just create situations that put us in, you know, where we got to work on finishing, like, but I would do it where I'm like, I'm not just getting them in lines and just shooting at a, goal with a goalkeeper without any defenders i'm playing a game in the last third of the field where i'm trying to create the situations that of of the chances that were missed you know whether they were you know we got it we got it over we crossed it and guy made a good run and just misexecuted it or if we've got to just try to create a little bit of space to get a shot off and and be able to finish it and just maybe adjust some of the the techniques to it. So it reminds me of a, I don't know. I think Mark of said this, but he said like, whenever I started getting in a goal drought, I would go down and play against the, the youth Academy and score a bunch of goals, to get my confidence back. And, and then man, good to go. I, forget, I think it was him who said it. I forget who said it, but I thought it was him. But anyway, yep. <laughs> it made me think of that. Yep. Um, Cause I think if you're just getting dominated and getting out of there, zero, zero, you're, you're getting lucky. Cause there's a lot of luck involved with that. Yeah. So. Now, if every game is every game you're dominating, but you can't score, then it's like a problem. You know, you can't score goals. Roma had that for good spells last year, right? Yep. George, they should put you up front next to Lavumbo. There you go. No, they. You go. I mean, <laughs> he needs a partner. Yeah, Lavumbo. This so. <laughs> maybe George. I don't know. <laughs> yep, for sure. So, um, at any event, uh, so I think that's that's all we wanted to cover. Yeah, goals. Uh, yeah. Goals. Um. Go on, Couch Twitter. Don't do that. Do we have Do we have enough entries this week? Oh, we'll, we'll see. We didn't have many last week, I guess. Let's Let bump, look at it. I'll, I'll bump through us here. What's the uh, first one? Ah, uh, it's Parasnitch, uh, September nineteen. Oh, so then we do have some. Uh, yeah, let's go through it. Go ahead. All right, so it's time for the world's most popular hashtag game. Who won, Couch Twitter? Uh, oh, Richard, right. take it away. Yep, uh, Parasnitch, multi-time winner. Uh, it says. Uh, Honestly, I have no doubts Milan will win against Newcastle. Newcastle had a tough game against Brentford. Meanwhile, Milan are well-rested after only playing four minutes against Inter. <laughs> <laughs> Zing. Zing. Um, all right. So, at Carlo Garganese is nominated. My reaction to Milan nil <laughs> Newcastle. Uh, one of the greatest nights in Milan's history. A disastrous result for Newcastle against such minnows. Brentford greater than AC Milan. Rico Henry greater than Teo, Teo Fernandez. Yeah, uh, he was mocking the English media, and it hit the spot on. <laughs> you got to watch this whole video. It's a hilarious video. He does an accent spot on. Uh, but basically, he was mocking the uh, English media where they were saying, like, all these players you never heard of, they're make, mispronouncing the names for the Italians and say, oh, these, the English players are so much better than the Italians. Like, who are these guys? Like, who the hell is Teo Fernandez or Teo Fernandez, as he says? Uh, really funny, really funny shit from Carlo. Uh, it was hilarious, it was certainly hilarious. So, definitely go watch that whole video there. 
Uh, moving on. Parasnitch back at it. Rafael Leal versus Newcastle Highlights. Oh, that's loud. Oh, that's loud, my ear. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Missing empty netter. Yeah, Rafa had uh, some struggles there. So He did. Uh, let's see. Know. So, uh-huh. Perisic again. Ibrahimovic returning to Milanello tomorrow to give another motivational speech about Lions. You know the vibes of Whoopty. Oh. You know the vibes. Old Ibra. Coming back to town, huh? Uh, moving yep. on. It's uh, Troll Football says, if Onana was a dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, Big Show thinks he's funny. Um, <laughs> uh, double underscore net. It's already uh, goals scored in European football so far. CDK one, Milan nil. Uh, CDK. Going back to Hottas. All right, Parasitch, he was on top after this, this Derby game. But uh, he goes, uh, we didn't deserve to go down a goal. We dominated for the first three minutes. He's <laughs> talking to me. Mm. Uh, oh. That was against Real Sociedad there. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a kickback to Pioli because Pioli said that uh, Inter hardly had the ball for like the first four minutes. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. okay, so we've got uh, – Art Vandalay is nominated. Mia invited because she is the only other person to get destroyed by 11 men in one night. Oh, God. I'm sorry I read that. <laughs> I mean, why would they bring it? Why did they invite a porn star to the event? Because beyond me, but uh, beyond me. It's a Berlusconi. Who knows? Uh, but uh, yeah, interesting. Interesting about Art Vandalay there and Milan. Uh, moving on. Inter Dave nominated this one. It's uh, Carlo again. It's uh, Juventus look exhausted pl- having played in Europe in midweek. If they were out of Europe, they would have a serious chance of winning the Scudetto. <laughs> Nothing like a little sarcasm in the uh, Who Won Calcio Twitter ranks, right? Uh, absolutely here. Absolutely. All right. Uh, George is in. And I think George just joined us to find out if he's going to win. <laughs> All right. So when you are new to the south part of the United States and find out Chick-fil-A is closed on Sundays. <laughs> is it not closed? I mean, where I'm from, is closed on Sundays. I'm not it's closed south. on Sundays up here, too. Yep. All right. Maybe he's from Canada. Yep. <laughs> That's so funny. There's Aussie men. Blowing up against uh, Rudy Garcia there. Uh, Christian, it's uh, at C-A-Q-U-I-N-O underscore underscore. It's uh, Rudy Garcia if he was a house. <laughs> On fire. Fair. On fire. Uh, the, the previous two was from uh, San, uh, Napoli Sansone. said, Rudy Garcia is a house. Not sure what, he, what you're all worried about. Well, the house is on fire. Napoli Sansoni, uh, nominated by Bob Lex. Uh, is it possible that a Juventini logged into the Napoli TikTok account and posted this video? It's a bit far, but it can happen. So that's why I'm saying using uh, just you fade there from his uh, yeah. commentary from before. So uh, <laughs> uh, moving on, uh, Scott Monroe nominates himself for uh, Victor Osman for his goal left Udinese defense be all to end all, be all to end all. <laughs> uh, I'll get my coat and leave quietly. <laughs> Try the veal, right? That's right. That's right. Uh, right. So now it's, it's the 75th minute and you're losing. You should make some subs. Inzaghi. Put in Kevin James. <laughs> yep. That's a substitution. <laughs> All right. Uh, what we got? What you got? Um, um, <laughs> not no one. Um, I think Siakino. I, I think I like that one. Well, let's just one? hold on. Hold on. Before I do that. Um, let's see here. 
I like the Carlo one where he uh, made oh the, with the Newcastle the English oh with the video yeah, yeah. That, yeah let's do that so Carlo yeah. is gonna win yeah it's really the video that wins but we'll yeah 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 we'll yeah. give Carlo credit watch the video it's hilarious uh, he did a, he did a great job for two minutes he was going on pretending he was the uh, Using the uh, I don't know, that's a Jordy accent. I don't know what accent he was using there, but uh, really great, really good job done by him. So anyway, oh. all right. What else do you want to say to the people while I put while I uh, enter this? Yeah, uh, we're gonna try to get a couple guests on here. Where you talked about maybe trying to get Rafa or someone from the Napoli camp. Um, I know our boy uh, uh, Anthony from Interworldwide is uh, on our radar, so maybe we can hook up with him here in the next couple weeks. And uh, yep. yeah, uh, excited with. Um, couple more games here before the international break so another international break this fast and heavy here so uh i say in torch says i say the mia khalifa one getting destroyed by 11 men yeah that was pretty bad <laughs> but uh we try to have some degree of integrity to these uh, things that's right that's right <laughs> so that's right so um and i i, I was given a request by michael lisi to get the uh, leche fans uk uh at some point so we would have to do that yeah, on yeah. the weekend so yeah. Uh, but that would be that would that would definitely be good. Be good to get their thoughts on the start that they're off to this season. So yeah, we talk. I, I talk to them a lot. So yeah, we'll uh, we'll reach out and see what we can do and figure something out because they are in the UK. So we will be getting guests lining up, lined up. So please stay tuned uh, for all of that. But with that, we are going to put a bow on this edition of Serie A Sit Down. Uh, we have our own podcast on Apple SoundCloud. Uh, or Apple SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Uh, wherever there's podcasts, there is City. I sit down. I'm at FTC underscore 21 on Twitter or X or whatever you want to call it these days. Richard is at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. At City I sit down there. At City I sit down on Instagram. Check us out. Uh, also on Facebook. So uh, we've got just about all of the important social media outlets covered. Uh, so hit us up there. Uh, if you are watching us for the first time here on YouTube and like what you see, please hit subscribe so that uh, you can keep getting more videos into your feed on your YouTube page. You can also uh, like this because that helps us out a lot. And hit that notification bell because that will give you a heads up when we go back on uh, or when we do video drops, which we will. Uh, Richard does an excellent job of taking this full one and just little excerpts that we'll throw in from time to time. So if you don't want to listen to the whole podcast, we'll have little clips available on the YouTube channel that you can listen to us weigh in on. So uh, so we've been doing that more and more. Uh, the website at city, not website is www.cityasitdown.com. Do this again next week, Richard. We'll get back, get back to Tuesday programming. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Sounds great. Sounds great. So we will uh, catch you all at that time. Uh, Chat, thank you all so much for chiming in, offering your comments and questions and your takes. Uh, We will be back again on Tuesday night, 9 p.m. East. Uh, Until then, for Richard, I'm Frank. Make sure you're always telling your paisans about us. Ciao. Let's go!